Thank you for downloading Fearless in Devotion, a podcast all about Wrexham AFC. Here they come, our mighty champions, raise your voices to the anthem, marching light, our mighty army, Wrexham is the name. Royce on all, you're listening to Fearless in Devotion, the Wrexham AFC podcast sponsored by the Fat Boar. Liam, what's your favourite thing about the Fat Boar's colour scheme? Colour scheme? Oh, wow, now you've really you've really thrown it out there now, haven't you? Uh, mm. Actually, I, I do quite like the artwork in there. If you go in the bogs, there's some nice uh, nice Father Ted artwork. Is there? Yeah, there's a, a bonus wherever you go in the Fat Boar. Oh, there you go. You heard it here first. Anyway, on to football. None of us made it to Harrogate this weekend, I don't think. Uh, another loss. Uh, disappointing to let go of another lead. Thoughts, Andy, all the way from Bratislava. What does everyone think about Toes of being in the back back three again? I thought we'd sorted it out that he was the defensive mid. Um, we've gone back to Parkinson's preferred formation. Yep. It sounded like for the first half, the first hour, we did okay. But then what got me was in in the FA Cup, you can make four or five substitutes and we didn't make any. If you're playing 3-5-2, surely you want to make those substitutes to make because you've got to do a lot of running to make the system work. I mean, they were just exploiting gaps because they, they made three substitutes and we didn't. I, I don't know. Is that bad management? They did seem to come quite late in the day, the subs, didn't they? Yeah, they, they came with seven minutes to go. I mean... I can understand holding on to a lead, but also freshen it up. I mean, three-five-two is a, is a system where you have to do a lot of running. I mean, I think to be fair, we've all seen that uh, that goal that we conceded uh, via a back pass. Uh, Tim, there's not there's not much the manager can do about that, is there? When 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 someone plays in a perfect back pass to their striker, yeah, it never rains but it pours. At the moment, we've seen quite a few individual errors. Um, wasn't the prettiest. Maybe he was a bit ring rusty, so to speak, Luke Young. But yeah, I mean, the man of his calibre and experience should know better. But like you said, Parkinson can't can't prevent that. Uh, but yeah, but we just we just can't buy with it, though, can we? We're, we're struggling. And that's that's the the fact of the matter, really. I think I think we need at least two wins from the next three games. Otherwise, I think he's in it's he's in serious bother. Yeah, next three games seem to be key, don't they? On a more positive note, Liam, I know you like Ponticelli. Good, good for him to get on the score sheet. Yeah, I just thought um, against Torquay, he held the line really well, um, and things definitely changed when he went off, and we brought Angus on because he couldn't do the same job as that. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's on the same level as Mullen or Hyde, but I think he gets a lot of unfair stick, and you know, I was chuffed. To, it sounded like he was feeding off scraps in the first. 45 by all accounts, but still manages to to snatch a goal. Um, but it's just the same old story of decent 45-minute performance, perhaps, but second-half performance just not there. I'm a big Ponticelli fan, mostly because I went to that uh, Bromley away game uh, before, uh, before the pandemic. He was absolutely brilliant. Led the line, absolutely made Bromley shit themselves all the way because he was getting the ball and running with it. And I thought... Well, two good goals, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I thought there's a player there. You know, his goal at Bromley was absolutely brilliant. And I thought when we signed him, I thought this could, he could be our main man. He could be our star man. It hasn't quite happened, but I still think there's a useful player there. Anyway, that's enough about football. Let's hope that our fortunes turn around soon. Uh, but what's this? Yeah, it's the email klaxon again. We've been inundated with emails over the last few weeks. So many emails that uh, we missed one from about two weeks ago. Um, So firstly, just to say, this is from uh, Rob. He says the podcast is fantastic. Thanks, Rob. Really appreciate it. Is this this Rob who? Rob who? Yeah, is that, it's not a a Rob from, from America, is it? Oh, oh God, yeah, imagine. No, this I don't think so. Uh, well, he's been a Wrexham fan since the late 90s, so I don't think so. And my uncle took me and my cousin to watch our first game. I don't hear that story from Rob yet. Wrexham versus Reading, August 1998. We watched the game from the back in the turf and we won 3-0. But the only thing I can remember from the game was the fact that Reading scored a brilliant own goal with the defender post passing the ball back to the keeper only for it to run under his foot and go into the net. So that's quite timely after our goal against Harrogate yesterday. 
which is the main reason for my email along with placing the podcast is to share my experience of the club shop tickets, etc. this season. So this is from my podcast a few weeks back. Um, he says, I ordered myself and my son a home and away top online along with the away edition aviation gin and paid £19 for first class delivery. Good grief. I got the confirmation email the same day and then nothing. For two weeks, nothing. I was actually having a conversation with the better half about how I needed to get in touch with the club to find out what was going on. When the knock on the door came, my gin had arrived. Great, I thought the shirts must be far away. Mustn't be far away. Nope, wrong. After three weeks of waiting, I went to the club shop to inquire. I was fobbed off, who told me they couldn't check the status of the order because they didn't know how to. Eventually, 45 minutes later, someone with, with the right access became available. She checked the status and told me it was posted the week before. So if I hadn't received it, it must have been lost in the post so I could have a refund. Yeah, so I think there's some uh, more disgruntlement about issues at the club. But um, thank you very much for your email, uh, Rob. We appreciate it. And you've had your, have you had your shirt yet? No, no, I've had my shirt, yeah. Yeah, yeah and um, well, I got the away shirt because I went to the club shop and bought it. Um, the home shirt took six, seven weeks to come without any emails or without, you know, anything anything saying that I'd actually made the purchase. At the end, I mean, I've said this before, but at the end I had to email Jeff Scott with a copy of, you know, my bank statement to say, yeah, you've taken 55 quid from me. Maybe it was stuck in the Suez Canal, you never know. <laughs> For this week's podcast guest, we've got a midfielder who spent two spells at Wrexham. He was released from his contract in April this year. I will let Reese introduce him. Right, he's an attacking midfielder known for his creativity and the odd 25-yard belter. Uh, he first signed for Wrexham after scoring 58 goals in 95 appearances for Hensford Town in the Conference North. Despite his first spell at the racecourse being disrupted by injury, he did show off his talent and scored four goals in the process. Uh, he left then in 2015 to join Andy Morell at Tamworth, I think was then forced to endure a season at Chester, unfortunately, before playing a huge role in getting Macclesfield promoted to League Two. He returned to Wrexham last year and again showed his ability with a stonker away at Hartlepool, but otherwise found himself somewhat out of favour as the season went on and left by mutual consent before the end of the seasons for reasons I'm sure we'll discuss today. Elliot uh, Durrell, welcome to Fearless and Devotion. Cheers, thanks for having me on, chaps. Pleasure. Just Can we just clarify, it is Durrell, isn't it? It is Durrell, yeah. yeah I've been called... calling you Durrell for about six <laughs> years, I'll be honest. I've had that, I've had that I've had that plenty of plenty of times over the years, so I shouldn't worry too much. Yeah. I have to credit Mark Griffiths. I've been calling you Durrell for about five years, and then I you know, <laughs> next to last year that you're actually Durrell. And I've <laughs> I, I, str- I struggled with it for a long time, but I think it's is in there now. Um but uh, let's start then. Am I right in saying that Wrexham was your sort of big break in a way, your first full time contract? Yeah, that's right. Um, obviously, it came on the on the back of a good promotion season with Hensford, um, which we sort of carried on into the first season in the Conference North. Um, and and yeah, you know, obviously there was there was some. Um, I knew that there was some interaction between the between the two clubs um, through my agent, and then you know, obviously, when there's interest from a, from a club like Wrexham, it's it was a it was a, a huge opportunity for me. And it was Andy Morell who signed you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Andy Morell. Yeah, and he, he signed you in the January. But if 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 I'm right, that he left then in February, so pretty much straight after that. That can't have helped you. What was that like? Yeah, that was tough. Um, you know, because he was a he was a big big reason for me signing. Um, you know, I I did have quite a lot of interest from various other clubs and. Um, from from various different levels as well, but you know, obviously, I could relate to Moz quite a lot, and and I still can now. You know, he was, he, you know, when I when I went and met him at um, at the racecourse for the first time, he, you know, he explained to me that he was quite old when he he you know, well quite old in terms of you know turning professional, um, when he turned pro. So you know, straight away we had something in common, um, and 
I just felt I just felt comfortable, you know, with him. Um, so you know that, along with the fact that the club was 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 is a huge football club. Um, you know, it, it was perfect in terms of location. We were expecting our first child um, the following April, so you know it, it was it was brilliant. Um, everything sort of came together, um, and and yeah, obviously I, I signed and um, and it was a, a big opportunity for me. And after he went, how did you find then? It was it almost like you had to sort of start from scratch and prove yourself again. Yeah, it was it was tough because, like I said, I don't think I was there a month, and 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 you know he he left, um, and it, the club was sort of going through a bit of a bit of a transitional period, if you like. There was a lot of a lot of lads who who were you know at the sort of end of their careers or you know slightly older, um, possibly coming to the end of their playing careers. Um, and there was a couple of young lads that were coming through and obviously, you know, the club signed myself and when the new manager came in, it was, you know, it was, it was tough because, you know, we started the season, the following season under, under Kevin Milkin quite well from memory um, with, you know, with, with a reasonable mix of youth and experience because um, a couple of the older lads were out injured. Um, anyway, they, they ended up coming back from, from injury and that sort of changed the manager's hand, if you like. And he, he put the, the older experienced lads back in um, more so than the young lads. And, and, you know, we, we sort of that season petered out, which was disappointing, but yeah, you know, when Moz left, it was, it was tough for me. Cause like I say, he was a, he was a big factor for me signing. You mentioned about the, the younger lads then uh, towards the end of that second season. Did you, did you find that, well, do you think that you'd have been better off, Sticking with the younger lads, by uh, from what you're saying, and and, and who are they? Um, I, I don't know whether sticking is the right word. You know, obviously we it's it was about a blend. You know, we had a good blend. Um, you know, there was a couple of the older, experienced lads that you know were pivotal, um, and then there was a couple of young lads that had come through. You know, obviously we had Malty, um, who was who was fairly young at the time. Connor Jennings, you know, Robbie Evans had. had had come in and played his played his part at that season, um, and it just felt like you know there was for whatever reason he sort of felt like he had to play more of the the older lads, um, and uh, and yeah, it's uh, like I say I think it it sort of petered out the um, the certainly the league campaign did anyway that season it felt like. How did you find Kev generally? Generally, to get on with, yeah, I found him. I found him fine. Um, you know, obviously, he he he'd done well with Nuneaton. Um, You know, obviously, they're, they're a reasonably sized non-league club, but to come to a you know to come to a, a, a non-league club as they you know as they are at the time, Wrexham is 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 like chalk and cheese. You know, um, so it, it must have been tough for him um, coming to such a you know a big club with big expectations, um, you know, because as I say, he did, I think he'd done reasonably well at, at, at Nuneaton on a, on probably what was described as a shoestring budget. Um, but in terms of the, you know, himself as a person, I got on well with him. Yeah. I got on well with him. Uh, I always liked Kev and we had him on, um, on the podcast and he was an absolute gent. Um, but we've had a couple of people on as well who have, I think, you know, Neil Ashton, um, quite sort of vocally <laughs> wasn't a fan um, and he criticised that, that's sort of, an understatement that's, that might be an <laughs> understatement uh, he really criti- he really went in on his training methods in that he was a bit amateurish I mean do you have any insight on that do you think he he didn't quite step up to the sort of professional kind of setup? Uh, I, I mean for me obviously it was it was different because I'd never been in a professional environment as such whereas you know Ashy at the time was was one of the more experienced players in the squad. You know, he's played in the football league, so he probably worked under various different managers at professional level. Um, as I say, um, Kev Wilkin came in from a non-league club. He'd never managed at that level before, I don't think, apart from Nuneaton. So I imagine he was sort of sticking to the principles that he believed in, um, you know, that had, that had got him his success with Nuneaton. Um now knowing what I know now, having played under different man, you know, various different managers at a professional level, yeah, they were probably a little bit different to to what you know what Ashley had done and you know what what Keatsy and Bishop all 
all done um, at, the, at that sort of professional level before. But you know, I mean, I played under I played under managers who who have, have played at a good level, and and I've found that you know their coaching's been you know way off it. Um, and then I've played under managers who who have never played at you know the top end of non-league and. That you know the the way that they set their teams up and the way that they try and play football is is like ridiculous. You know, um, Phil Parkinson's a prime example for at Altrincham. You know, I think he I don't think he played in the conference. I mean, I might be wrong, but you know, from my knowledge, I don't think he played in the conference. You know, I don't think he had a glittering playing career. But you know, his managerial, the way that he manages teams and the way that his teams play, uh, you know, it's the best football football inside that. You know, I've played in there was there was no pressure, there was so much freedom. Um and and ultimately, you know, he's he, he's he's really starting to get some success now, which which is good to see. You know what, you've uh, stolen my thunder on a question for later on. I was gonna ask you, have we do we have the right Phil Parkinson in charge? But um anyway, we'll <laughs> we'll come back to that later. Um one thing I wouldn't mind asking you, Elliot, is I think four goals, I think 30, 30, 30 games in your first spell, something like that. Why do you think we never really saw the best of you? Because coming from Hensford, where you scored all those goals and you were so sort of central to everything, it seemed, I don't know, was it was it the formation? What would be the best way to get the best out of you? Uh, I don't know. I think there was, there was everything in terms of the football club, um, you know, the manager at the time, Mars, who signed me, um, you know, it, it, it was all the right, you know, it was the right club. It was just, I think it was just a, you know, maybe I wasn't quite ready. Um, you know, I think maybe the experience of going there, um, you know, taking it all in, being in and around a professional environment, you know, in a full-time environment, maybe I wasn't quite ready for that or I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't expecting it to be how it was. Um, I don't, I, you know, I genuinely don't, don't believe I did myself too many favours, if I'm being honest, the first time round. Um, you know, although a lot of fans will will still to this day, you know, when it obviously there was rumours of me coming back last season, the amount of fans that said, you know, that that always messaged me, oh, we'd love you to come back. You know, we don't think you had a fair... I don't genuinely don't think, you know, I had a fair crack at the whip first time round. But, you know, when I did have an opportunity, you know, four goals in in however many games it was is is, you know... I like to be scoring more than that. Um, and I just felt that, you know, with, with, with the players that were there, um, it, it just wasn't the, it wasn't the right, right time for me at, 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 at the club. I was going to ask about obviously Kev Wilkin, how that came about him leaving. Um, Cause you were still there. Am I right? Or do you already, yeah, you were still there at that point. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, Rob, quite a lot of discontent, uh, in the dress room, from what we understand, it was that kind of building to a head up to when he got the got the boot. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think there was a, you know, like like I say, there was a, there was quite a lot of um, experience in the changing room, um, and you know that was something that I'd I'd not come across before. Um, you know, in terms of being in that environment, you know, there was when I say there was experience in the changing room, it was quite. You know, it was quite powerful as well. Um, you know, they 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 were quite powerful in in, in the changing room, um, and I think that that had a an effect on on him as a manager. Um, you know, I think they probably made his mind up for him a couple of times, and um, you know, I, are you saying there was there was a click and they didn't like him from the day one, and he just couldn't recover from that? Um, Possibly, yeah. <laughs> you I could just I say think, yes, I, I, and I could I, put I, the words I, in your I, mouth. That's fine. Yeah, very, that, very different. Yeah, I think there probably was. I think there probably was. I think because of where he, you know, where he'd come from, and you know, I think he didn't sort of come in and set the world alight with his with his training methods and that, you know, that sort of thing. I think you know he sort of made a beeline for his own back, really, and 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 you know, a lot of the lads had sort of made their mind upon him, and uh, and and that was the way it was. It's a shame, isn't it? Because he could spot a player, couldn't he? What was it like to to play with the likes of Malt? Um, I mean, he always brought Wes York in as well. Yeah, listen, obviously Malty's has uh, gone on to to have a great career. Um, you know, he he was just a whilst he worked worked really hard, he was just a goal scorer. You know, we we felt that any time 
um, you know, if it was one all or we were one nil down, any you know, we just felt if Malty gets a chance, he'll score. Um, and the amount of times that that happened, it, it you know, it was it was a, it was a credit to to Malty and obviously a credit to to Wilco for for finding those sort of players. Like you say, Wes came in and you know he he uh, he had a good couple of seasons at the club as well. Um, you know, and there's various others that signed. You know, I think Jeno he brought Connor Jennings in as well. I think from memory. Um, you know, Jeno has gone on to to have a very successful career in in the football league and and uh, and that. So you know, he he could definitely spot a player. I, I think he brought in Manny Smith as well. Am, am, am I right in thinking? Yeah, that? I'm, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he brought in Manny as well. Yeah, yeah, Manny again. Manny. I mean, what a player! What yeah. a player! I think he's Tim Tim Edwards' favourite ever player, isn't he? Who Manny? No, not quite. But you know. <laughs> Indestructible man, he was in pretty much, or he seemed indestructible for a season. Well, yeah, until he bloody retired. Yeah, he until was he indestructible. Retired. And now he now he owns like some sort of fort in the south of France, doesn't he? Oh, I know, yeah. He's got some gig now in France, hasn't he? I know, it's a bit mad. Um, but yeah, crazy times under under Kev Wilkin. Um after that, obviously you then teamed up with a another ex Wrexham manager and legend in Andy Morrell. Um just tell us how that move came about to, to Tamworth. He was in charge at the time. Obviously, he, he must have known you from a few time with us. Um, yeah, yeah, just tell us, tell us the, how, how, how it was in the Mozza. Yeah, so again, purely because of, you know, how much I could relate to, to Moz was the reason I signed for Tamworth. I had opportunities to again stay in the, in the, in the National League. Um, but, you know, I felt that I owed something to Moz for, for giving me the opportunity of, of you know, the, the professional environment and, you know, the professional status, if you like. So, um, it, you know, when, when he, when he phoned me and said, look, I'm, I'm obviously at Tamworth now. Um, I want you to come, to come and sign for me. It was, it, it was, um, it was an opportunity that I, I, you know, I wanted to take and uh, I wanted to go and work with him because I enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed my time working with him. Um, and like I say, cause it was my first sort of taste of professional environment. Um, I knew that, even though I was going to be dropping down to the the National League North again, I knew that he would do everything as professional at Tamworth as as he did at Wrexham, and, and you know that was the case. I mean, you did really well at Tamworth, um, but I've got to ask this question: What possessed you to go and sign for Chester? And and in all honesty, what is it like to play play for that club? Um, it 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 was my it was my step back into the to the National League at the time. Um, you know, I had a I had a reasonable season with with Tamworth. Um, you know, there obviously there was teams at that level that wanted me to go. You know, the teams that were obviously looking to get promoted. Um, but I just felt that I felt that 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 I was ready. Then you know, I'd had my opportunity at that level, and it didn't quite work out. But I knew what you know, I knew what to expect that that second time round. Um, and and yeah, obviously it just so happened that it was the. It, it was the arch rivals, but um, but now listen, there I can't, you know, I can't really say too much bad about the club. Um, you know, they've got that they're, they're, they're similar to Wrexham. You know, that they've got they've got good fans. You know, they've not got great fans. You know, Wrexham have got phenomenal fans, but you know, they're they're Music very. To uh, our ears. That's the quote. Know, that's the pull-out quote. We'll have that one. Yeah, he's um, saying the exact opposite on his Chester podcast next. <laughs> Um, no, nah, you know, obviously it was a, it was a, it was a nice club, you know, it, my family were always welcome there. Um, you know, first half of the season, I was there with Johnny Hunt as well. So, you know, I had a familiar face with me. Um, and you know, first half of the season, I think we, we actually, I remember it quite well. We went, we went on our Christmas due to Blackpool. Um, and I think we were seventh in the league and like we were punching massively above our weight. And we were all singing in Blackpool, like, "Oh, we're going to get promoted. We're going to do this. We're going to." And then, I'll be honest, I don't think we, I don't think we won a game for probably fifteen games for the rest of that season. And um, we just stayed up, I think. Um, but, but like I say, in terms of my playing experience at that level, I felt you know that 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 was a season I announced myself at that level. Um, unfortunately for. To Wrexham fans, it, it just happened to be that I, I had a blue and white shirt on. <laughs> Interesting that you sort of say that that was 
that was the sort of time where you thought, yeah, I'm ready for this level. Because if you look at your next move, I mean, the worlds must have just aligned there because you were absolutely instrumental in Macclesfield yeah. getting promoted and no one could have called that. I mean, what did you sort of know from day one this could be quite special or did it just sort of come about because because of confidence, because you'd won a few games and it just all sort of spiralled from there? Um, so, I mean, I'd been on the V9 the V9 Academy just before I signed for Macclesfield. Um, so my aim was to get into the Football League. Again, I had a couple of couple of sniffs from Football League clubs. Um, Macclesfield offered me a two-year deal. Um, I'd heard about John Askey being a good, you know, a good manager. And um, obviously I said Parkey's the one, you know, one of the best managers I've worked under. But for me, John Askey was was ridiculous. Um, you know, he just got the best out of players. I think we, I turned up the first day of pre-season um, and he had three signed players from the season before. Everybody else was a trialist. You know, there was trialists. There was lads from, from various other clubs on loan. I think we even had we even had Wes Brown, Shea Given and Alex Bruce joining in training. Um, we tried to get to get to get them all to play. Um, you know, I think Shea had just retired. But you know, to have those sort of players in and around it, obviously, because you know, a couple of them had played or had, had known Steve Watson, who was the assistant at the time as well. So um, but yeah, I mean we had we had no idea. At the beginning of the season, pre-season, we had no idea. He put together his team pre-season and the way that we played, you know, we sort of we sort of ripped up the rule book, if you like, of the National League that season because we played our way out of that, you know, we footballed our way out of that league. Um, and, and and what we did, you know, a lot of people say it was on par with, with Leicester winning the Premier League because the league is so hard to get out of. And, you know, we almost did it at a, at a canter, really. You know, the, the team spirit that we had I think was ultimately the difference. Um, you know, we had such a good team spirit. Um, you know, we lost, I think we lost 6-0 to Fylde in January. And it was like, oh my God. Like, they've gone, Macclesfield have gone. You know, that's it now. The the, the wheels will fall off. Obviously, the, the, financial, um, the financial crisis started. It started in the middle of that season. Um, I don't know whether fans know or, you know, who knows. But I think... The December time was the first time we didn't get paid or we got paid late. Um, and we had a meeting, you know, I remember we had a meeting at the training ground and, you know, um, John Askey came in and said, look, you're more than within your rights to to stop training, to stop playing games. You know, I'll back whatever you want to do. Um, but we just said, look, we're in, we've got ourselves into such a good position. Um, you know, ultimately it's only going to be us that, it would affect if we do stop the season um, until we get paid or whatever. So that was a sort of team spirit that we had. We just we just did it for each other. Um, you know, we had a there was a lot of sponsors who were against the owner, um, who were involved in the team spirit. You know, we had a great great manager, great coaching staff. The players were superb, and there was like you know there was a couple of sponsors who were really involved um, right the way through the season, and 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 you know we just felt like it was sort of us and the fans against the owner. And and like you say, when you win games of football, it um, it becomes a habit. And that's what it was. You know, we just won games of football. If we lost, which, you know, we did do because that's the way football goes, we just tried to set our stall out next time not to lose the next game. Um, and, and like I say, it was a snowball effect and it was a, it was a, a memorable season. I mean, Askey's an interesting one for us because we've been linked with him a few times, but it's never quite worked out. Does that surprise you that we've never really gone for him? And and do you think he could have worked at a club like Wrexham? Yeah, hundred percent. I think he'd have been perfect for for a club like Wrexham, um, just because of the way that he can get. You know, he he, he gets the best out of players. Um, you know, we did it on probably. I think I think it. We had the second you know, the second lowest budget in the league that season um, as well. You know, so in terms of not where they are now, you know, they're much more affluent and wealthy now. Um, but in terms of, you know, the, the the way that the football club was structured before the takeover, I think it would have just been perfect. Um, I genuinely think it would have been a perfect, perfect fit. Um, but, you know, obviously he... Um, he, he chose a different path and obviously Wrexham did and um, 
and, and, and yeah. Yeah, it's quite like the one that got away, really. <clears throat> Getting to the Football League, obviously you've talked about it a few times. It's something you really wanted to do. You wanted to get to that level. Was the standard noticeably be better or or could you not really tell um, the difference between conference? The the biggest difference for me was you get. I had so much more time on the ball. I felt like I had so much more time. Oh, um, wow, yeah. Like there's a there's non-league and when I say non-league I, I don't mean you know step four step five I mean the top end of non-league um the national league it's I find that you always have players around you you know you always have the the opposition team like tight as, as you can be and you know they like to press and I just felt I don't know whether I don't know whether it's just the way that we played you know that we ended up you know we had a lot of time but obviously we changed our manager at Macclesfield, you know, we bought in Mark Gates, so we didn't actually have John Askey. Um, and then we had Sol Campbell. But I just felt, me personally, I just felt like I always had so much time on the ball compared to to what I was used to in, in, in the National League. I was going to touch on Sol Campbell. Um, obviously, a lot's been written about him and, and so on and so forth from the outside looking in. How was he? Because, you know, it just seemed like, like sort of slightly chaotic at times and under him. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably the best way to describe it. Um, just, just, just really weird because you know, obviously, we'd gone from not winning. I don't think we won in the first seventeen games. Um, we were rock bottom. We were twelve points adrift, and then you get, you know, you, we we got the, we got the call. I think we were away on a on a Monday night. We might have been down in. I think it was Exeter we were playing, and we all got the message saying, "Oh, Sol Campbell's been appointed," and we thought, "Yeah, good one." Like Sol Campbell's, you know, was a was one of the best of it in his era. Um, and we, we just thought it's banter. It's got to be banter. There's, there's no way that can be real. Anyway, he came to the game the following day and, um, and, and yeah, it, it was just surreal, really. Um, you know, obviously there's been a lot documented about him and, you know, his, his managerial struggles to, to, to get a, a, what, what people call a big job. But, um, you know, again, like like Ashley said with 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 Kev Wilkin, it was it was just strange because you know we I I I mean I imagined it to be so much different. Um, you know, obviously managers that have worked under, you know, you you sort of think, oh, he must have got that from the manager that he's worked under as a player or whatever. But when you when you you know when you're working day in day out with Sol Campbell, you've got to remember that he worked under Arsene Wenger, one of the most successful managers in British football history, and. It was weird because I just thought, like, he can't have got that from Arsene Wenger. You know, I can't, just can't imagine Arsene Wenger doing that with Thierry Henry and, and Patrick Vieira and, and, and that. Um, I think Sol Campbell will, will be great for, a, you know, like a, 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 an England under-21 side sort of thing because he couldn't really get his head around the fact that some of the players that we had in our team couldn't really do what he wanted because of, obviously, the level we were at, you know. Did he, did he manage to park his ego at the door or did that come into play? No, it was very, you know, he, he sort of kept himself very secluded, if you like. I don't, I don't know why, because, you know, we were, we were, we were welcoming, um, you know, we were, we were, you know, bamboozled by him coming, wanting the job really, you know, it, it, it's nowadays, it's like Frank Lampard or Steven Gerrard are playing for, for that job at the time. You know, he was, he was just as big as, as those two were, in his in his playing career, um, you know, after every game, we sort of dropped him off at the at the nearest train station, and he'd go back home. You know, it wasn't as if, you know, he he overly got involved too much with the lads. Um, you know, I got on with him fine, um, but he'd obviously been used to playing with these world class superstars, and and it was just a little bit different for him when he came down to the the the, the lower end of league two. I think reality reality struck him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it probably did. I think it probably did. If we could fast forward to your second spell, yeah, uh, Keith C brought you back. Was it was it a no brainer? Yeah, it was a no brainer. Um, obviously, as I've mentioned briefly before with Altrincham, I had a great time there. I was only there for at the at the end of the. Obviously, that was the season that COVID hit. So I signed. I think I played four games, and then everything got shut down. The, there was talk that the playoffs weren't going to go ahead, so we stopped. Then there was talk that they were back on York, and I think it might have been haven't kicked up a, you know, put together a big, uh, big thing saying promote two. Um, so yeah, the playoffs obviously got played, and just the way that they played, it was tough for me to to leave Altrincham. 
and I wouldn't have left for any other club, I don't think, other than Wrexham. And obviously, quite early in, in that season, the the news came uh, about the takeover. What was the yeah. first sort of inkling that you had that something was going, something big was going on? Um, so Spencer, Spencer Harris came to one training session and said, look, um, the club's subject to a bid from, um, I can't remember his words. I think it was like, uh, he said, it'll be global news. That was his words. It'll be global news when it comes out. And we were thinking, well, who, like, who could it be? Like, it can't be global news. I mean, come on, these doesn't really happen to, to, you know, to, to clubs at this level. Um, Anyway, we were we were like we were saying, oh Kanye West, these sorts of people, and <laughs> honestly, the names that were the names that were mentioned, Kim we were like, no chance. There's no way it can be people like that. Um, and then, and then, yeah, I think it was after the Telford game, or it was half time at the Telford game, and I remember, I remember speaking to Nick Nick Barnett, who was obviously the strength and conditioning coach at the time. And I was like, you know, don't you? You know who it is. And he was like, no, no. And he always used to smile. When I knew he knew something, he always used to smile at me. And he, he knew. And he said, oh, I think it's, I think it's Ryan Reynolds. And he said, I think it's Ryan Reynolds and um, the guy from The Greatest Showman, Hugh Jackman. And I was like, <laughs> no chance. I was like, no, it can't, like, no chance. It can't be. Why would it, like, why? Anyway. Late that game, obviously, it all came out. Um, it came out during the second half, I think. So at the end of the game, we were just like, "Wow, ridiculous!" Like we we'd said it won't. There's no way it would be global news, and it was bigger than that. You know, it just was. Yeah. And things kind of changed quite quickly then, because obviously, even though the process took some time, the documentary crew started filming uh, before the takeover was completed. Obviously, how, how was that? Um, I imagine that was like being a Premier League footballer, if you like. Like you know, the cameras were there all day, every day. You know, they came to they came to houses. Um, we did various different functions because obviously we were we were in the middle of a, a national pandemic, so it was probably toned down quite a bit. But you know, we I remember last last Christmas we went to a, a to a lights a Christmas lights thing that they have in in Wrexham, and you know, and they followed us around. They set all the cars up with cameras set in. Um, with our families, and it was just so surreal, you know, just just so surreal. But but you know, as surreal as it was, it it was it was great to be great to be involved in. Did it distract at all from the, the actual football? Uh, no, I don't think it did. I don't think it did. Um, you know, there was plenty of plenty of rows in the changing room that that that, that happened um, during the season. That you know happened regardless of the cameras being there or not. I think, you know, if you come in from a game and you don't get the result that you want and, you know, things need to be said, I think you forget that the cameras are there and and, and that's what happened. You know, there was plenty of times during the season that things were said um, that you'd have probably thought, oh, if you thought about it, probably probably shouldn't say that because the cameras are here. But like I say, in, in competitive football, in, in, in football and you know, when it means so much to, to, to people, when it's their livelihoods, these things get said and, and, and that's the way it is. Most, um, mostly from Jay Harris, I, I would imagine. But um, I was going to um, ask about Jay Harris because we had him on and he, he was clearly frustrated at times with maybe some of the, how can I put it, complacency from some of the squad towards some results that he felt weren't good enough for a club like Wrexham. Did, did, did that come through quite clearly with him? Yeah, Jay, you know, obviously having played with Jay the first time round, I was buzzing to, you know, to come back and play with Jay again. Um, Jay's a winner. You know, I, I, I'm the same as Jay. Obviously, I've, wherever I've been generally, you know, I've been successful and I've won, I've won leagues and I've won promotions and I've won cups. And, you know, I, I just want to win games of football. And I, myself and Jay, just found that it was frustrating a lot of the time because... Um, you know, there was there was lads in, in in the team or in the squad that were, you know, they were happy to to draw games and things like that. And that's just not something that I me and Jay play football for. Um, you know, I don't think anybody should should play football to, to draw games. You know, there's games that you would you would draw and you'd think, right, 
looking at it in hindsight, we'll take a point there. But, you know, I, I genuinely believe you should go go out to win every game, regardless of who you play. Anyone in particular that you got frustrated by? Um, hang them high, hang them high. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it was just in general because I think you know we we came together pre-season we and we felt like we had a we had a, a, a capable squad. Um, you know, we really did. Uh, you know, I those you'll probably see on the document when it when it comes out. I had it. I had it with Adi Yusuf a couple of times. Um, but, you know, that was because I had such high expectations of him. You know, he came he came with this glowing goal-scoring record. Um, and I just felt that, you know, um, he had so much ability to score goals and he just didn't score as many as as he thought he was going to and, and, and as we thought he was going to. And I think, you know, we, we probably clashed a couple of times. But, you know, he's a great lad. And don't get me wrong, he's a great lad. I haven't got a bad word to say about him, but um, you know, if you want me to to, to say anyone, I you know, I probably clashed with 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 Addy a couple of times. He wasn't getting much sleep there for him. <laughs> nah, well, that's it. Yeah, he was, uh, he was well, sleeping as much as he wanted. That's that's an interesting one, Tim, because I was going to ask about that because I kind of get what you mean with some of those players. I, I found myself maybe getting frustrated and I can't remember him, uh, any result in particular, but say we went away and we drew, oh, I tell you what I could think of one is wheeled stone away where we lost. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, straight after the game or, you know, Sunday, Adi Youssef is uploading his pictures to in, his videos of his goals to Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Did that, that, that to me is odd. Like the last thing, you know, I, I played sport only to like a, to very low level but the last thing I would do is put goals on social media when the team has got battered it just seems an odd thing to do did you feel that at all I don't know yeah um, again I mean if if you win and you're winning I, I mean it's I, I, I guess it becomes more acceptable but you know when you when you lose to no disrespect to a club like Wildstone um, who were most famously renowned for the for the Raider you know <laughs> Is it the right time to to post videos of your of your goals? Um, probably not for me. Mm. Probably not. Elliot, can we go through um, your sort of your season really? Because obviously the high point was away at Hartlepool, where you actually you know, absolutely cracked one in. But yeah. after that, I think I don't know if you struggled with the change of system or you you struggled with I don't. I don't fitness or anything, but it, it never really seemed to kick on after that. Any particular reason for that, do you think? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, um, I, I don't think we were overly consistent. So um, I don't think, you know, there was, uh, there was too much consistency in terms of the team selection. Uh, you know, no, going, I'd agree with you there. From, I'd agree with you there. From that. Yeah. Um, you know, and and for anybody to get to your top of your game, you know, you need you need to play games. Um, and I just remember, um, I just remember the, it being a, a time just b- before I left. I think we played, I think from memory, we played Sutton away, which was on the TV. We might have played. I think we played Barnet Barnet away, and I just got back. Oh, I got back in the team. Um, I'd not been in the team for. I think it was maybe six or seven games and I spoke to Keatsy probably twice, knocked on his door probably twice in them six games and just said, look, what, what have I got to do to get back in the team? Um, and he was like, well, you know, there's there's not really a lot you can do. You know, you're training well. You know, you, you, you drive standards in training. And I thought, well, all right. So uh, there's not really a lot I can do, but then we're not really winning games of football either. Um, so, where you know, where do I go from here? Anyway, I got back in the team. And we played a couple of teams that were land of the Giants, you know, and I played, I played, I remember playing in the middle of midfield with, with, I think it was pretty sure it was Youngie and Jordan. Um, yeah. Or Young, a, or it might have been, not, might have been, might have been Youngie and Jay, actually. Jordan that's might not a physical unit, that is it? <laughs> no, I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, the most physical, but obviously all three of us weren't afraid to put a foot in, you know, we're all comfortable on the ball. Um, and then I think it was, I want to say it was Bromley at home, and and he pulled me back. He pulled me in the office, and um, he said, "Lah, look." He said, "I'm going. I'm going. Um, I'm bringing you out of the team today. Um, I know you're not going to be happy, but I'm bringing you out of the team. I'm putting Jordan back in because we need some height in there. 
And I just thought that's like, I just thought that's not, I just felt like saying, just be honest with me. You know, you see Jordan in the team over me and that's, that's the way it is. Um, and you don't want to take Jay out and you don't want to take Young out. So just be honest because he'd said to me, he said, oh, I'm taking you out of the team. And then his next, his next couple of words were, but you've been the best player for us since you've been back in the team. And I was like, well, that, like, that tells me everything I need to know, really. Um, and then obviously from then, it was just just like a build-up of frustration for me being out of the team, having known he's just told me I've been the best player since I've been back in the team. So it was it was it was frustrating. I was going to ask, did it sort of build to a head of steam towards the end? Because I think I, I think I think we all know we all sort of knew something was coming because you hadn't been in the team. There was obviously frustration from, from you. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what really happened, but let's talk about the text or or the or the or the Twitter message, which yeah, which I'm sure you knew was coming. But yeah, I mean, that, was that just pure frustration of you not being not being in the team again and just thinking, what do I have to do here? Yeah, that, that's all it was. Um, you know, it was never any disrespect to to, to my teammates or anything like that. Um, but that was that was me, just heated a moment. Felt like I should be in the team. You know, I'd been told that I'd been the best player since I've been back in the team. So I'd worked hard to get back in the team. And then I'd been taken out of the team for no good reason, if you like. And I just, you know, I just just felt like, you know, enough was enough. And I, I don't, I, I think we might have lost the game before. And I thought there's no way you can't play me. You know, we I think we changed formation as well. So we'd worked on playing two tens, two number tens. And I thought there's no way I can't be a number 10 in this game. I'd come on the game before against Notts County, I think it was. Um, and I thought, there's no way, there's no way I can't play this next game. You know, and I want to stay in them for the rest of the season. You know, because obviously I just got back in the team before I got taken out against Bromley and I felt fit, felt like I'd had a couple of games in the team. I'd scored against Barnet and I just thought, right, this, you know, I'm going to kick on now. I'm going to make the last 10 games of the season be my 10 games. Um and he didn't put me in. A t- he didn't put me in the team, and that was it. My, my, I just completely lost my head, um, and 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 put the tweet. And again, it was like I say, it was no, it was no disrespect to my team, um, my teammates, to the fans. Um, you know, obviously there was a bit of backlash from the fans saying, "Oh, you shouldn't be doing that." And but that's me. You know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I want to play every game. I want to play every minute of every game. Um, whether I'm injured, you know, I've 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 rarely missed games of football throughout my career through injury you know the only injuries that I've had have been long term injuries that have required surgery if you like um, other than that you know I won't miss a game through tightness or a slight dead leg or anything like that you know I want to play every minute of every game um, you know I did have a bit of a niggly knee injury last year um, but you know I had that first couple of games in the season and you know, I played through it and I managed it. And, you know, I never looked to use that as an excuse. I still wanted to play every minute of every game. And, and you know, until I till I hang my boots up, I'll, I'll want to do that whichever club I'm at, whatever whatever league I'm at. That's just me. No, fair enough. I mean, that did sort of accelerate the end of your second spell at Wrexham. How quickly did that sort of come about? And, and were you sort of happy with how, with how it came together? Um. <laughs> Obviously, I would, I would, I would love to be part of what's going on at the football club now. Um, you know, the football club still means a lot to me now. Um, and you know, it was the, the, the ultimately it was the football club that gave me my my first opportunity at professional football. Um, it was a club that I said I always want to go back to, and that was the reason I came back. Um, obviously, was I disappointed the way it finished? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, with everything that was going on. Would I have been disappointed if all this wasn't going on? Yeah, of course I would be because, you know, the, the like I said, the football club means a lot to me. Um, it's still one of the first results that I look out for even now. Um, but obviously with with what was what's going on this season, it, it makes it that little bit more disappointing. But it is what it is. You know, football's, uh, football's a funny old game. So It does sort of strike me that you'd probably thrive and really like the attention that the club's getting <laughs> get at the moment but you know that's 
that's as you say, that's football. You know, I don't want to uh, to kick the ass out of the out of the the fallout and stuff, but just going back over it, I mean, you strike me as a kind of one of these persons, like you know what, no regrets. Uh, it, I, I I did what I felt was right at the time. Yeah. Uh, let's just let's just say say it's like a sliding doors moment. Let's just say that didn't happen, and you're still at the club. Um, given the players he's brought in, would you have still backed yourself to still be in and amongst that squad? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Obviously, I still speak to some of the lads and they say to me now, they say, you'd, you'd love it here now. You'd love it under this manager. Um, you'd love the way that he plays and, you know, the assistant manager, I've heard things about the assistant manager as well. Um, obviously, I, I was, I got really close with Jamie Record um, and, you know, I speak to him frequently and he's like, mate, you'd love it. You'd love it now. Um, but would I back myself 100%? You know, every day of the week, I back myself to 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 play. I back myself, you know, that that's the reason I, I was so frustrated last season because I should have been in the team. You know, he told me, Dean Keats said to me, you've been the best player since you've been back in the team. Yeah. So to follow it up then with I'm taking you out of the team just didn't didn't ring right with me. I don't know if there's any love lost between you and Dean. I'm sure you respect one another on a professional level. Do you? I imagine. I mean, it wasn't a surprise to any of us that that he was he was sort of sent on his way at, at the end of, of that season. Do you think he'll reappear in football, or do you think he's had his fingers burnt one too many, and and, and that'll do him? Or do you particularly care? Just I just thought I asked the question. Uh, obviously, it's not nice when 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 anybody loses their job in any walk of life. Obviously, football. When you're in football, you know how rife it is to 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 see managers come and go. Um, there was obviously rumours that he was in for the Telford job, um, so I imagine you know he still wants to he still wants a career um, in in football. Um, do I see him having a, another managerial career? I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I genuinely don't know. Obviously, I, I wish him all the best um, if if that's what he wants. Um, but my opinion, whether he'll get another job, I, I don't know. Um, you know, obviously he he did he did well first time round um, at Wrexham, and you know he he got his opportunity at Warsaw, which you know I don't think anybody could blame him for for taking that opportunity. Um, he started really well at Warsaw, didn't work out. He he obviously eventually came back to Wrexham and and steadied the ship, and then um, obviously just missed out last season. So I don't know. I don't know. But you know, yeah. In terms of his his career, the career that he's had in terms of the, his playing career, and that I had I had nothing but respect for him. Um, and you know when he when he when he contacted me and said I want you to come back to the club, you know I was I was obviously delighted. It just never worked out how, how, the way it never finished how I wanted it to. So again, as I say, that's football. I wanted to know what you made of Wrexham's indifferent start to the season so far. You mentioned Rex then have said, you know, you'd love it here and, and the Phil Parkin style of play. I don't particularly know what his style of play is, so I'd love you to tell us. <laughs> uh, wait, well, I mean, he, it was quite apparent that last season we weren't really playing great football. You know, we were fairly route one. You know, obviously we had Kwame, who he made out that we were trying to play into Kwame as nice as possible. Ultimately, you know, having played for, for Macclesfield and, and Ulching on the season before, that that was the way that I believe football should be played. Um, I was under the influence that, you know, this season you were you were looking to get it down and play. Um, you know, obviously, I, I've, I've not seen Rex to face-to-face for a couple of weeks, so I don't know how the last few weeks have, have, may have changed or whatever, but, you know, he, he said to me that you were trying to play football um, through the lines, um, you know, you signed some obviously big signings, and you know they were all fairly comfortable on the ball in in in, in tight areas, and you know they all look to want to try and play. Are Wrexham in a position now that is 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 acceptable? Probably not. You know, I, I think a club like Wrexham needs to be top two throughout the whole season. Um, just not not because of how big the club is or how many fans they get, just because. You know, ultimately to, to 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 get out of that league, it's so it's so tough. And you know, having done it with with Macclesfield, you know, we were after the first probably ten games. I don't think we were outside the top three. 
apart from when you know when there was a, a spell where we had a couple of games in hand for whatever reason. Um, so for me, you know, you've got to sort of try and be in and around as close to the top of the table as as, as you possibly can. I do remember that season we won it. Tranmere, you know, they didn't start great. I think they were bottom five, and they came from nowhere. Um, and with about ten games to go, we were like, oh my god, they're going to do us here, aren't they? You can just tell they're going to do us. And um, we played Aldershot and Tranmere Saturday, Tuesday, both away, probably five games before the end of the season and beating both. And that's when we knew then. But, you know, for Wrexham, um, as you say, it's it's been an indifferent start to the season. Um, I hope things will, will turn around and, 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 you know, he'll kick on and, and get back in the, in, in the Football League. And looking back over your, your two spells, is there any particular moment that, that stands out for you as a personal highlight, whether it's a goal, whether it's a specific moment? So, obviously, the first time I held the shirt up um, at, at Collier's when I first signed, 2014, I think it was, you know, that for me was 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 a special moment. Then when I came on and made my debut um, at the race course, that was, that was again, was, was special. But I always remember, I think, I, think I, I might have been... Um, it's not cup tied. What is it? International clearance. The first, the, the very first game. So I might have signed on the Monday, and we had a game the Tuesday, and I wasn't able to play. And I just remember um, walking in front of the, um, in front of the fans, the Wrexham fans, and obviously they they seen that it was me, and they just started chanting my name. And for me, that was that was a special moment. And then obviously it was my debut, then my first goal. That was a relief. The the first goal that I scored the first time round because. You know, I felt like it had been a long time coming. I think it was eight games in or something like that. And I, I just felt like I was, it was, the, the tension was getting more and more and more and the pressure was building more and more and more. Um, so that was obviously a relief to score that, that first goal. Um, but I just remember looking, you know, I look back through photos now and I look um, at when I signed last season again um, and I was sat on the dugout with the, with the, the scarf and I look back at that and I just think like, you know, that 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 that's what one of the moments I remember just re-signing last season because as I say, I probably wouldn't have wouldn't have gone to any other football club um at that level, certainly in the conference. Um I wouldn't have left Altrincham for any other club at that level. Um and it would have probably been been a push to sign for any other club, even in League Two, you know, unless it was a top top club in League Two. Um it would have been a real struggle to to leave Altrincham, but because it was Wrexham, it was a it, it was a it, it was an easy decision to make in the end. Right, two spells at Wrexham. Who is the most skillful player you played with? Um, the most skillful player, Jarvis was fairly fairly skillful. Dan Jarvis. Um, oh right. Yeah, Jarvis. New entry. Was fair, Fairly, fairly skillful. Um, you know, like to use his body well. Little, little feints here and there. Um, I'm trying to think first spell as well. Um, I mean, Malty was Malty was very skillful. You know, he he didn't. He was never one that threw a step over and anything, anything like that. But he always had the ball that close to his feet. That he always had had half a yard. So, yeah. We're, do, you, do you think we've seen the best of Jarvis? Do you think there's more to come? Uh I don't know. Jarvis is is a, is a frustrating one. He was one that I was frustrated with last season um, because you know you see in training he had he had bags of ability, but does he have the, um, the the ambition and the determination to go with it? From what I saw, I don't think he does. Who had the worst dress sense? Uh, the worst dress sense. Um, we didn't really get to do much second time round because of because yeah, of COVID. But I remember Leno came in with a rascal pink night tracksuit on this once. <laughs> and we were just like, oh my god, like, where on earth? Like, just it was just the complete opposite to what we expected Leno to wear. But it was like a like a um like a salmony pink full length tracksuit. And obviously six foot whatever he is anyway. So it was like, wow. Just just not what I expected Leno to wear. Yeah, that sounds absolutely crap. Right. <laughs> Biggest moaner, and there's a disclaimer on this, Elliot Durrell has been the answer a few times. Yeah, I'm bang up there. Bang up there. <laughs> um, yeah, Higher than that, she? Right up there. Um, 
got Keatsy. Keatsy loved the moan. Ashy loved the moan. Um, I'll probably have to say Ashy was up there, yeah, for me. Now he he's also been the uh, the, <laughs> the other big answer. Right, who's the most underrated player? The player who didn't really get the plaudits. Um, this is always a tough one for people. Most yeah. people just went Joe Clark, but I don't know. Who yeah, played so obviously I was I was I was going to say Clarky to be fair. Um, I played against Clarky last weekend as well, so it's good to see him. But yeah, obviously Clarky was was one of them that never really like set the world alight with his performances, but he was one that would always run round for you for ninety minutes, ninety five minutes. You know, put his head where he was probably going to get kicked <gasps> off. Um, you know, and, and and always rolled his sleeves up, and he's someone that you you know you'd want in the trenches with you. So I'll, I'll probably say probably say Clarkie as well, yeah. Cool. And finally, from us, who was the tightest with money? Oh, Rex all day. Never bought yeah. a coffee all season. All season. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Really enjoyed it. Very honest as well. No, yeah. listen. Absolute pleasure to pleasure to be on. Um, Obviously, just wish the club all the best moving forward. Yeah, predictions. Um, right. Um, obviously, I don't listen to my own podcast, so I have no idea what everyone went last week. Um, and oh, I mean, Bratislava, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> know. Let's just say I won. Okay. And everyone else lost. Did anybody go for a win? I don't. I. I, don't I, I, I think I did. Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. Quite ironic. Moment of madness. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I went for. I went for two one. Uh, Harrogate. I'm pretty sure that happened. And <laughs> if it didn't, we'll we'll re-edit the podcast. But this week, what have we got, Andy? We've got Aldershot and Kings Lynn. Right. Is anyone going to any of these games? Because I'm planning to go to both of them. Top red. No, I'm not so bread. I'm just it's just two South games, and you know. I wanted to go to all the shop, but uh, it's one of the ones I usually go to. But I've been unable to get the uh, Tuesday afternoon off work at such short notice, unfortunately. All right, I'm going to go first. Well, I, I would say it's a cast iron guarantee that we are not going to win at all the shots because we were two 0 up with 20 <laughs> minutes left. Yeah, you know, it's the most guaranteed thing in the world. I'm going to go a two-one Aldershot win, but I think we'll beat Kings Lynn three-one to take the pressure off Parky. Liam, do you want to go next? Yeah, I, I agree that we won't win it Aldershot inevitably after what happened, but I'm not going to go quite as negative. I'll go for a one-all draw, um, and then I think we should be beating Kings Lynn. Uh, go two-nil on that one, Tim. Oh, I agree with what you said before. It's almost a bit shit or bust, really. Um, the, they've got to drum into this, the, the sense of injustice about all the shot. I think Steve Parkinson said they've had a quite a lot of turnover of staff and players down there all looking to impress. However, I think I do fancy us to still do the job. So I'm going to go 2 1 Rex and win at all the shot. Oh, Kingsland, I'd love to drill them 4 or 5 0 for obvious reasons, but I'll go for a I'll go for a cheeky. Uh, I'll go for a cheeky one niller. Is Mullin back for that game? I think he is, isn't he? He is. Mullin's back for that game. I'll go for a three nil Wrexham win. Wow, that important. Mm. Reese, bringing up the rear. Right, I'm going to go for a uh, tool draw at Aldershot for the reasons already stated uh, above, and I will. I agree with everyone as well that we should beat Kings Lynn. So I'm going to go for a three. One victory out in Norfolk. Okay, serious question. What if he doesn't get these results? Where are we? Uh, Reese, you're, you're Mr. Optimistic. Where are we? I don't have opinions, Andy. I told you. Uh, where are we if we don't get these next two results? I think he's in trouble. I, I, I think that he will get the January transfer window. And I've always thought that if not the whole season, barring I, I can't, I still think that we will be in the playoffs by January. Maybe I'm mad, but I think we'll be in the playoffs in January. So I don't think it'll be a thing. If he doesn't, if we lose or we get two draws in the next two games, then yeah, I might have to revise that opinion uh, just because that would be quite disastrous. Really. We'd be letting, you know, letting too many points slip. I don't think the, I don't think it's unsalvageable at the moment, put it that way. Far from it. He's abdicated his media duties, isn't he? Before yesterday's game and after yesterday's game. Whether there's a reason for that or whether you just go, right, I just need to ease the 
he's the pressure, the spotlight on me. I don't know whether there's but I'm reading too much into it. Be interesting to see if that if any pattern formed when he was under pressure at Sunderland or you know, did Parky that did Steve Parkin step in at any point when things weren't going mm. as well? I don't know. Liam, what do you think? Um, much like Reese, I don't expect him to be given the sack. I mean, the owners came only last week and they've essentially given him, you know, their complete backing. So I don't expect him to go, but I just think for the sake of the fact the fans are going to be on his back, he needs to start proving why he is on what we understand to be a pretty generous uh, salary because otherwise the home matches could become toxic pretty fast from what we've seen in the past. You know what? I think if he doesn't get a win in the next two games, he's under serious pressure. You know, we've said a lot of times that the owners aren't running the club. The person who is running the club could give him the bullet. I think unless he gets a win in the last two games, that that could be it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm inclined to agree, but going back to what Liam said, they've kind of almost given an early vote of confidence by saying, well, no, he's going to have funds available in January, you know, which isn't that far away, away from the football pitch, but on it, it feels like a lot of light years away, doesn't it? We could be anyway by that turn of turn of the, of the year, especially the busy Christmas period. So I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously Stockport made the change, um, seeing their sort of season become derailed quite early on. And it's pretty obvious now. It's very obvious that it's you know the title is is not even, even remotely possible. Not even in the equation. No. So, you know why 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 are we why why are we having this conversation in November, talking about scrambling into into the top seven? It just given given the outlay, given the optimism, it just feels like a. Of massive disappointment. Um, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. There's no real fun in this at the moment because we can't get a win. I mean, you know, when we were fans owned and when we were managed by Keats, that's fair enough because we have to, you know, we we eat at a, at a certain table, but we shouldn't be there at the moment. We shouldn't be there. You can't keep saying that this team is gelling because we're missing major components. And that goes down to the retain list, I think, which Parkinson didn't really have much to do with. But we if were we lopsided can't... then, and we've been—we've—it's been catch up since. If we can't win two games in a row in the league, we're not consistent. We're not getting anywhere. That's—that's that's the bottom line. It doesn't matter if we have nine draws and a win. It means, it means nothing. You've got to start converting them. Can anybody take a guess when, when the last the last time he? We've won two league games in a row because I'm going to have a look while we, while we talk. I would say back in the last season with Gold Otomayo. It was May, May last year. We beat Yeovil at home 3 0 and we won 3 2 away at Bournemouth. Uh, Bring back Gold. Yeah. So. Always believe in your soul. Indeed. Yeah, and on that bombshell, I think it's uh, time for us to draw this podcast to a close. Thank you very much for listening, as always, and downloading. Uh, you can email us, as you know, in our very active email account, fearlessindevotion at gmail.com, and contact us on Twitter. Uh, but until um, next week, we'll give you a little hint. We're hoping to have a hometown hero striker scored lots of goals for Wrexham. Uh, that should be enough for you to have an idea of who it is. Uh, but until then, bye bye. Cheers, everyone. Bye.